Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 432. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm thrilled to be introducing today's guest, Jordan Baker. Jordan is the founder of Focuster, which you all have heard me talk about on numerous occasions because it's the first productivity tool that has actually been compatible with me and my chronic idea disorder. So Jordan, welcome. I'm so happy to finally have you here. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. I just have to pick on you because I told you I would. Jordan, <laughs> Oh, I was giving Jordan the normal pre-roll. I don't know if that's the right word. Pre-chat chat stuff, telling him about how many kids are home and how none of the animals are out here with me today. I'm in a phone booth. I just want to make sure, you know, there might be some background noise. And the first thing that popped into my head was like a city street, clear walls, you know, buses flying all around. But it's so quiet. So I didn't even think about co-working spaces. Maybe we can get into that a little bit because I'd love to know how a co-working space is conducive (laughs) to focus because to me that would not work. But before we get there, Jordan, would you mind giving yourself a better introduction and just telling the listeners how you got to where you are today? Yeah. So, you know, I guess you're kind of looking for my kind of background and kind of bio kind of type thing. Is that what you're looking for, Kim? Yeah. I mean, we don't yeah. even know how many pounds you were born at and all that stuff, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'll do a slightly more abbreviated version. So I've been working in the personal productivity space for quite some time now. My original career was in software development. You know, I started as a freelance software developer and, and then later started my own web development agency, which I continue to operate. But along the way, I realized very quickly in my 20 plus year career that personal productivity is, is really crucial to professional achievement. Now, this is fairly obvious in some ways, but I think that any entrepreneur, anyone who's really independent, anyone who creates their own rules, really, right? Anyone who creates their own definitions of success will come up against the limitations of their own productivity. And it's really the primary thing limiting people. So along the way, I have studied everything that I could manage to fit into my schedule. You know, I studied neuro-linguistic programming at one point. I did a bunch of Tony Robbins training, including his coaching trainings. And I studied different productivity systems, like getting things done, the seven habits, Stephen Covey's system, and also Tony Robbins has a PM system. Um, I've also studied some of the more internal things like uh, yoga and meditation. Um, just trying to kind of get to the root of what makes it possible for me to be in an optimal state for productivity and focus. And really focus has become my main interest. And I like to talk about managing your focus and not just your time. And this has led me to develop the app that you're talking about, which is Focuster, which is an auto scheduling calendar app for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and professionals. So that brings me to today where I'm helping people to be more focused using the software. And I'm also working with people um, on an individual basis with some coaching. And I've got some other kind of products in the mix that that I'm working on as well. I love it all. And I had been through 
nothing shy of at least five apps before Michael Neely, I think it was, from Consciously Speaking, I saw one of his tweets that he was talking about Focuster. And I remember I wasn't even supposed to be on social media right then, full disclosure. Damn it, Michael. I mean, we know each other from Steve Olsher's New Media Summit. I was like, damn it. Just what I need is another focus app. But I mean, considering it is positive productivity, I was like, okay, I got to go take a look. No, I am not paid to do everything that I'm talking about here, like talking about Focuster. But I just want to give you all some insight. The reason why other apps didn't work for me was just because I could say, yes, I want to focus right now. And most of them wouldn't like ask me what I was focusing on. So I took the to-do list and actually all of my podcasting tasks are now in Focuster along with, and I don't know, I'm sure you've heard some crazy Jordan, but like even the simple act of showering, makeup, doing hair in the morning, that is a recurring task the pillars of positive productivity are self-care systems and support. So that's a recurring self-care activity that I now have in Focuster so that every day it's there. It's always in my face. And I'm a gamer. My husband's a video game developer. Focuster like gamifies it for me because I want to see that bar at the top filling up every day. I don't want to see the red, right? So Totally. Yeah. And I also realized I was over scheduling myself every single day, but it tells me how much I've scheduled and how much over I am. And I'm like, damn, Gim, how many hours do you think is in a day? Because there's not 312. (laughs) There's 24 and you need to account for sleep. And when I finally got that under control, like it's just started feeling better. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I was so excited. Yeah, no, I love hearing how how people are kind of getting on board with the philosophy that's kind of gone into this app. Because I think there's so many just run-of-the-mill to-do list apps out there. But I think that most of the to-do list apps out there, they all follow the same paradigm. It's really a broken paradigm. It's There's kind of three ways in which I think traditional to-do lists are broken. And the first thing is, you, you hinted at it, they don't account for time, right? They don't make it easy for you to see, you know, how much time are you committing to do things today? And they also don't tell you, like, is that actually realistic, given how much time you have? So that's one of the first things that people will notice about the Focuster app is that it connects to your calendar. It sees all the different appointments that you have, and it helps you to visualize, you know, how much free time do you have? And then, as you said, that bar at the top there, as you start dragging actions into your day just like you i don't like calling them tasks i like to call them actions because i feel like tasks has kind of a a negative idea associated with them and so yeah as you start dragging those actions into your day you start seeing that day fill up and this kind of goes to the second reason why i think traditional to do this are broken is that they don't really distinguish the urgent from important so when you feel like you have unlimited time or you're not really accounting for it you really can't prioritize effectively right because if you have unlimited time per se there's no point in prioritizing so really the only way you can prioritize is if you do acknowledge that you're working within a limitation and so working with time helps you to see you know if i only have four hours today in between all my meetings what am i really going to need to get done like what's a must and then you know the final reason why i think traditional to-do lists are broken is that they're stressful just most people will 
kind of make a list of the things they need to do today. They're not in any particular order. They'll cherry pick the thing that is the easiest, leaving the highest leverage, but also most challenging task. They'll usually procrastinate on that and they will do things that give them a feeling of accomplishment without the actual accomplishment itself. It's more like being busy rather than actually being productive. Oh, yeah. Another thing that I've seen with my clients is they don't look at the tasks, they look at the projects. But right. And they don't understand that in order to get the project done, they need to break it out into tasks. Because I can say that I want to build an online course. But what about each of the individual videos and writing the script and writing the outline and just backwards engineering every single thing that needs to get done before you can even launch that course? And then there's the different launch activities. This has sort of forced me yeah. to think about it. But I mean, that was a journey that I went on over the last six years anyway. I mean, you can't just build a website. You need to do so many small steps to get to that website. Yeah, it's really critical to make whatever you are writing down or putting into your to-do app, whatever app it is, making sure that it's actually actionable. So this is one of the things I, I teach people is like, maybe, you, you know, you have to plan a birthday party, but you can't just write down plan birthday party. You need to think about something you can actually do. So you could call the party store and order balloons. You can make a list of the people you want to invite, and then you could send that invite. I would say, you know, at least if you have a next action that you can work towards, that's pretty great. Some people can get overwhelmed if they try to think of every single possible thing. Depends if you have a deadline, depends how your brain works. But the very least, make sure you have a next action. Like what's the next most important thing that I can do that's actionable for this particular project? Absolutely. So when did the aha come to you about Focuster? Yeah, so... As I mentioned earlier, I, I had been trying all sorts of different productivity systems, and this was when I had come across Tony Robbins' RPM system. So in the Tony Robbins' RPM system, it's kind of a top-down planning approach where you kind of start with your ultimate goal for your life in mind, and then you break it down to the different areas of your life, and then you break it down to the different projects in those areas, and then you break it down to the individual tasks, let's say. like This is a simplified model, okay? And then what you do with those individual tasks is you actually put those things in your calendar. You schedule it. This was kind of, Tony likes to say something to the effect of, if you talk about it, it's a dream, but if you schedule it, it's real, right? So... This got me thinking. First of all, I started doing it and I started to get a little bit more results. I got things done more often because I actually made time for the things that mattered. And, you know, when it was on my calendar, that meant that no one else was scheduling time during that. But I ran into some problems as well because ultimately I didn't do things always when I said I was going to do them or some interruption would happen, which would delay me or all sorts of reasons why things want to get, you know, and then what would happen is that I would have to move those things forward to kind of account for that delay, right? I have to move. It was like a set of dominoes because I have to move all the other things that I had scheduled forward to account for the fact that the first one moved. Right. And that became very, very, very tedious. Like just laying it out manually in the first place was tedious, but then moving it every time something unexpected happened, which should have been expected, was also very tedious. And I quickly realized that, you know, this was an area where software could play a role, where software could create a new type of calendar where 
things kind of float a little, like I call it, like to say, you know, we schedule things on the calendar. We schedule appointments with ourselves. They kind of float a little bit. There's a little bit of wiggle room there. Obviously, we're ultimately accountable to ourselves, but it kind of acknowledges that things happen, things take longer than expected. People have often said to me, like, hey, what if I'm a poor estimator? Can I still use Focuster? You know, is there any point to estimating even if I'm a poor estimator? And actually, I would say that the most critical thing is really getting clear on what your priority is. Because even Brendan Burchard teaches this. He says, you know, things like, what are the top three things you can get done today that if you get these things done, they will be a game changer in your life and in your business and in your relationships. So if you really get clear on what those top three things are, and, you know, you figure out which of those is your number one and which is your number two and three, and you put them in an app like Focuster, you may not get all of them done, but you'll be working on them in the correct order, which I think is probably the most important thing is to work on the right things in the right order. Because if you're not doing that, you're simply not being productive. You're being busy. So Amen to being busy. <laughs> I think it was Brendan Burchard, but he said, you need to own your time or somebody else will. He doesn't say it just like that. But that's why like, I do my best on any given day not to get I never go into social media first thing in the morning. I just want to make that perfectly clear. That never happens. <laughs> but I really do my best not to go in email. I don't do very good in that one. But when I go to into email first thing in the morning, then somebody else is taking control of my time. So that's probably the next step for me is not going into email first thing in the morning and actually scheduling that in. I don't know why I didn't think about it for now. So I've had a few months of extremely busy. And while I've been checking items off of Focuster, there's sometimes a week when I haven't gotten in. It is, by the way, Jordan, the first tab that pops up on Google for me now. However, with the floating thing, I had to share, according to the float, I'm supposed to take four showers today. Because they just got stacked from days that I wasn't in here. But I love it because now I'll, I can go in and check it off and it will swing everything up to take the slot of where that shower was. Yeah. And there's actually a mode where we can prevent if you have like a recurring task like that, we can actually set it so that it won't recreate it if it's still on your list to stop that sort of thing from happening. Really? So we can talk about that offline. Yeah. Okay, well, you just got a lot of ears perked because I do love the feature. Don't get me wrong. But for that one, that would be amazing because I also have things like reading before bed and it's specifically timed and journaling. And there's because I didn't know about that mode. I just want to put this out there to listeners. I did not know about that mode, so I didn't have it set up. So like today I have four reading slots, four journaling slots, four cleaning off my desk slots. Yes, (laughs) these are minute activities that, you know, some people would just have them ingrained in their day, but I'm trying to build habits. And for me, this is what I had to do to build those habits. So I also found that because it was looking at any available slots on my calendar, during which it could schedule activities in, that I needed to be more aware of the time that I was giving my children and my family, because I was not blocking out you know, 5 to 9 p.m. every single day. I was not blocking out weekends. So, and this was just a setting that I could set up and I did eventually, but 
I will sometimes go back to work after the kids are in bed. So I wanted those times still staying open. But it was a simple, Kim, you need to spend time with your family. And it allowed me to stop booking myself over and over again. And I needed that self-care with my family. I mean, my children were being disconnected from me because I was so connected to the busy instead. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. And what I'm hearing is that actually connecting your to-do list with your calendar has made you more present to how you spend your time and how you spend your time in, in positive ways, not just at work, but also with your family. It's not even how I spend my time. It's how I spend my life. How you spend your life. Mm-hmm. There's a testimonial for you. That's great. I'm going to jot it down. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you have been following some of our release emails because we just released a couple new features that I think you'd be excited about. And regardless of whether, you know, I don't want to make this podcast a whole advertisement for Focuster, but do you use or are you familiar with the idea of time blocking? Oh, yeah. So this is just for the benefit of your listeners. I'll just kind of recap. But the idea with time blocking is to put blocks of time, potentially recurring blocks of time in your calendar for different areas of your life for the different hats that you might wear. So, for example, one of my customers is a coach, and but he also has to do sales quite often. So he's set up a recurring time block in his calendar for doing sales follow-ups, which he likes to do at a certain time. Every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, he does his sales follow-ups. So that's a general concept of time blocking. What's great about it is that you can build a recurring schedule of the different areas of your life, and you can make sure that you're actually accounting for all the different roles, all the different projects, all the different clients, that you're balancing your life in that way and still making time for all the other things that matters. And we have a new feature in Focuster, which actually takes into account time blocking. It allows you to connect one of the lists on the left-hand side to actually connect that to a block of time in your calendar. So instead of just scheduling things within your work hours, like in Focuster, you can kind of say, hey, I work from 9 to 5, and it'll just find any time within 9 to 5. You can actually say that for the sales follow-ups list, that will actually will only schedule it in those Tuesday and Thursday time blocks. If you don't finish it on one of those days, it'll move it to the next time block as opposed to how Focuster normally works, which is just to kind of roll it over day by day. So this will make sure that you spend the time only where you've allocated it so that you're maintaining a proper balance between all of your different roles. That makes me actually think about another tool that I use, Meet Edgar, where I put Mm -hmm. posts in, like, let's just say I want this post going to Facebook. And my whole calendar is set up so that it tells I have a schedule. There's Twitter posts at this time of day, Facebook at this time of day. So it's not going to put a Facebook post in the Twitter slot. It's basically what you're doing. It's not going to put a marketing and a team building slot. I love that. That's right. So, yeah, I love it if you try it out. And let me know what you think when you try it out, Kim. Yeah, I need to be better at time blocking. And I've even talked about time blocking on the podcast, but that's just something I haven't gotten down yet. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm resistant. I think I'm going to have to focus on that a little bit, but I'm still (laughs) very much prone to interruption. And that's another thing that I'm working on because I am team building right now. So Mm -hmm. maybe those interruptions will be minimized when my team is fully set up how I want it to be. Yeah. I mean, I've found that when I'm managing teams and that a lot of the time I am there to serve the team 
it's nice to have focused time and that's where actually blocking out time is great because not only for your own benefit but for your team to actually know that you know hey this is kim's special writing time I'm not going to reach out to her or I won't expect that I'll hear back from her during that time. You can turn off your notifications. But I've also kind of learned to accept that in kind of a servant leadership way, I'm also trying to help figure out the problems that come up. Um, I definitely believe in empowering the team to kind of figure things out. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm definitely want the team to kind of be able to figure things out on their own. But I know that at the end of the day that I have to make a lot of decisions. And so... Yeah, I think that's where time blocking comes in for me is just really kind of setting boundaries for kind of uninterrupted focus time. Another thing you can do is you can set up office hours where this is where people know they can talk to you so that they can queue up their questions. Mm. And it's kind of like being conscious about interruptions, if it makes sense. I love that. And I shared with you in our pre-chat that by the end of 2019, I'm looking at a team of 70 so that would be huge. I'm going to have project managers in there yeah. with the 70. Yeah. Positive productivity is not about perfection. I swear once a week, the lawnmower next door comes in. So thank you for bearing with me through that. But I can't have 70 people reaching out to me. I mean, I, I'm going to have the project managers, but still even eight to 10 project managers, they need to know this is my open office hours. It better be a huge, huge emergency. And I don't do emergencies if you contact me outside of that time. Yeah. We can all create enough emergencies. But really, another thing that I've learned from watching a lot of the seven and eight figure coaches that I work with is that the tech glitches are not the end of the world. Your launch might go over the top huge to the point where your site goes down due to unexpected web traffic. That's a quality problem. <laughs> it is. But those who can roll with these, what are essentially minor tech glitches or minor glitches in life in general are the ones who I see getting ahead more. The ones who get hung up on the little, and I know that sometimes they're not so little. I mean, all my sites were hacked a year ago. That was not a little inconvenience. That was huge. But while I felt like screaming and cussing my head off, I knew that wasn't going to take me to the next level. So it's not exactly related to time blocking and task management, but we can't let the little emergencies and SOSs dictate our whole day. I love my yeah. clients, but your fire is not always my emergency. Yeah, you bring up a really good point about how we handle the unexpected and what is our relationship to it. One of the things that has been, it continues to be transformational for me is, you know, a meditation practice. And I'm meditating within a Buddhist tradition. And one of the concepts that we have is that our happiness or suffering is not dependent on experience itself but on our relationship to that experience. So when we are able to have a little bit more room between when somebody brings us their panic and their problem, if we have a little bit more room between experiencing that and then having our reaction, we can have a little bit more choice around how do we perceive that situation and how do we respond? And it doesn't mean that we, may, we don't have to necessarily take quick action on it. Sometimes we do. But we can take it from a place of empowerment 
using our, our full resources as opposed to just reactively acting. So this is where I, I mean, I really believe, and I'm not sure if you're a fan of meditation, but I really believe that most entrepreneurs would benefit from some kind of meditation, mindfulness practice. I mean, it doesn't even have to look like Buddhist, whatever. It could be some people jog and that's their meditation practice, but some people like to spend time in the woods. Some people like to fish, but some time where you're like not thinking and you're just kind of like reflecting and you're just not in a state of reactivity, I think is so critical. I was able to start meditation just a couple of months ago when actually a guest on the podcast said something about listening to my heart instead of listening to my head. Mm. How's that going? Amazing. Because when I'm listening to my head, it's like being inside the New York City subway system with all <laughs> the noise. But if I'm listening to my heart, I can be still. And I think about one thing at a time, if I'm thinking. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up on meditation. It's not about having a silence. Yeah, the silence is not yeah. not really going to happen very easily, if at all. If at all. The mind is its own thing. The mind's job is to think. So the mind is pretty much always going to be thinking. The question is, is do we need to respond to it? Or can we just let it chatter? It can slow down, but it's always going to kind of think it's going to do its thing. The question is, do we want to hang on to all those little thoughts? You know, and in a business context, some of those thoughts are like, oh, you know, I feel anxious about this. And I feel anxious about that. Do we want to hang on to that? Or do you want to say, oh, I'm noticing I'm feeling anxious about that. That's a thought that's a feeling. Maybe I want to take some action on that, or maybe yeah, I need to do something else, but we don't need to get identified with it. And maybe I just want to kind of just mention as well, briefly, this idea that, you know, there's different kinds of meditation and how this relates to work. This is what I get kind of excited about is like, one of the types of meditation is a concentration meditation. And I think this is really relevant to work because so much of focus is building a muscle to kind of bring us back to our highest priorities. And a lot of times, the reason why we're procrastinating is, you know, because it's confronting, because we're scared, or just because we've built up some resistance that we'd rather be on social media, or we'd rather be doing something easier or funner or whatever. But we know in our hearts, we know it deep down that if we get this thing done, it's really going to move us in the direction we want to go. And yet it's still difficult. And it kind of reminds me a lot of the concentration meditation practice that I do, which is really just about coming back to my breath, observing my breath. And as thoughts come up, sometimes I'll get sucked into those thoughts. I'll go off on a tangent and then I'll come back to my breath. And so this is actually how I kind of think about the Focuster app in a way, because as you know, you get a lot of reminders. You get reminders to bring yourself back to your work. And so I kind of think about it as a work meditation. There's all these distractions, right? There's people, there's phone calls, there's Facebook, there's funny cat videos. But when we get that reminder, like, hey, are you working on your top priority? And you see what that is. Now you have a choice. It's kind of like the bell ringing in meditation, right? I'm like, oh, I just realized that I followed a train of thought. And now I have a choice. I have, there's a pivot point of consciousness here. I can either keep following those distractions. I can choose that. I can choose to be distracted. I can choose to take an extra long lunch. That's cool, but at least I'm conscious with it, right? Or I can choose to say, okay, this is difficult. And this is the part where we're going to build a muscle because 
you know, just being aware of something doesn't mean we're actually going to do the difficult thing, which is to say, okay, I'm going to stop the distracting activity and I'm going to get back to work. Mm. And, and this is how I think of it as a work meditation and how Focuster can actually really support us in building the muscle of improved focus and improved focus on our highest priorities. I love that. Actually, I brought it to my husband's attention how much time he was spending scrolling on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I only had the conversation with him once. But I think he really must have thought a lot about it. Because now it's almost impossible to get him on Facebook. He uses Facebook Messenger instead of text messaging. I don't know why it drives me crazy, but he can do that without opening Facebook. Right. But I'll ask him at the end of the day, because he works long hours. I'll ask him, oh, did you see that picture I posted of the kids? No. In all actuality, he hasn't seen any that I've posted anytime recently because he's just not going in anymore. It's like, okay, maybe I did too good of a job here, you know, because <laughs> he's just not seeing any of it. But that's okay because now he's I bet not, there's like, a lot of people in relationships out there or women who, who could say something one time to their husband and they actually listen. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, got a good one there. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm not saying it's with everything. Let me just make that perfectly clear. <laughs> yeah. But then on the flip side, he has to understand I'm not looking at my phone for the messenger app. So if he wants to get my attention, he really does need to text me. So he'll wait for hours for me to see whatever messenger. Maybe that will be the next task. But then again, maybe it's good that he's not because then we're not distracting each other all day. What are you most excited about? in your personal and professional life for the next 90 days? The next 90 days. Well, my main focus, if you will, is the Focuster app. So we're continuing to add more um, enterprise features to the app. So we just rolled out support for these different calendars, including Microsoft Outlook. And we already had her, we added Apple iCloud, and Office 365. And we're going to keep expanding the capabilities of all those different calendars. And we're also adding like calendar management fe features. So you don't have to flip back and forth to whatever calendar app you're using. So you can actually just ma manage all your appointments also in the Focuster app. So we are really kind of looking to add more team capabilities. So definitely well, I'll be wanting to speak with you, Kim, as we go forward as, as somebody who kind of be one of our star team people, you know, giving us feedback on what you might want to see, you know, how, how do you want to manage your team and visualize their time? Oh, I love that. Can I just give you a quick example? And I want listeners to think about this as well. Yeah. For the podcast. So I record and then I have somebody who edits, Lang, I love you. And then I have several people who do the show notes and then Ling posts it to my website and does the graphics and all of that. So I know you just introduced subtasks or I saw a notification maybe that it was coming up in the future. I would love subtasks that could be assigned to team members. Yeah, we're looking at all sorts of different options for, you know, it, basically at this point with Focuster, it, it's a great personal productivity tool. So it's really all about how do you manage your own time? So in the future, we're, yeah, we're going to look at ways that we can encourage collaboration so that, yeah, exactly as you said, that we'll be able to assign tasks and subtasks to other people on your team so you can collaborate. So yeah, at some point in the near future, I'd love to 
get on a call one-on-one and we can just maybe just interview you about all those different things. So yeah, that's one thing I'm excited for. You know, on a personal level, it's summer here in California and I'm just really enjoying being outside, really enjoying hiking, doing some camping with some friends this summer, spending a bit of time in the ocean if it gets warm enough in the the waters, which is pretty cold here on this side of the uh, coast in the Pacific. It, it can be pretty cold, but it does get the warmest in the summer, so I'm going to see if I can enjoy being in the water a little bit too. <laughs> That actually sounds amazing right now because it's, it feels like it should be 185 here right now, which is not natural for Ohio. Um, so, yeah, I would take a cold ocean over this. But, well, that sounds amazing. Yes, and I would love to get on a one-to-one call with you. Jordan, where can listeners learn more about you and Focuster and everything that you do? Yeah, I mean, the best place to find out more about Focuster is at Focuster.com, which is FocusTER.com. We're on Twitter as well, Focuster app, and you can find me on Twitter as well. My handle there is Hexsprite, H-E-X-S-P-R-I-T-E. And yeah, if, if you go to Focuster.com, you can get a 14-day free trial of Focuster. Our plan start at $7.99 a month for the basic. And we have a pro plan as well that has a lot of other exciting features, including that time blocking thing I was talking about. So your power user will definitely be interested in that. And yeah, I look, really look forward to connecting with some of the listeners. I'm going to recommend the pro plan. Just putting my two cents in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listeners, if you're driving or if you're at the gym and you can't write this down right now, you can go to the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP428, where you'll be able to get a link to Focuster and just all of Jordan's social media links and all the great stuff that we've talked about, including some of the books and resources. Jordan, I want to thank you, number one, for creating Focuster, because I know how much you're helping me and I know how much you're helping others. And also thank you for coming on today. This has been just a lot of fun. Thank you. I love hearing how it came about because I didn't know that before now. Yeah, thanks. I've really enjoyed our conversation and hopefully we can do it again in the near future. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? I would say that people who wear a lot of different hats, they have to create their own definition of success. And... So this is where you really need to build a system of support to help hold yourself accountable. For me, that's kind of been coaches. It's been built uh, kind of pure levels of accountability and also used apps, things like Focuster, things like other kind of time tracking apps. But so I would say the main thing is, you know, as a freelancer, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you need to build systems of accountability that will help hold and support you so that you're not just doing it all by yourself. You're building an environment instead of just purely using willpower. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. (laughs) 